Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to another episode of The Doctor Is In. I'm your host, Paul Verhoeven, and... Hope you're all doing well, because this week I have a very, very special guest on the show. This week I'm talking with the actor who plays one of my favourite companions from Big Finish. Her name is India Fisher, and she plays the inimitable Charlotte Pollard. And yes, inimitable is not just a real word, but it's very hard to say as well. Now, Charlie, as she's known to her friends and to the Doctor, is just an absolute ray of sunshine, and India was a real, real pleasure to talk to. So I hope you enjoy this interview, and if you listen to it and you go, you know what, I really need to check out some of Charlotte Pollard's adventures with the Eighth Doctor from Big Finish, head across, start with Storm Warning, and work your way through from there. It really does change the game. In fact, it's entirely possible that this interview will create some new fans. So without further ado, please enjoy this interview with the absolutely wonderful India Fisher. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today, uh, India. I guess I have to start off by asking what your first day was like doing your first big finish. Because you you folks were like, you were straight out of the gate. I mean, it had been a long time since there was any new Doctor Who. And I'm assuming this was a really strange experience for you. Could you talk me through yeah. your first day on the job? Yeah, good question. Hello, Paul, by the way. Yeah, well, actually, my first uh, big finish wasn't a McGann Doctor Who. It was a Peter Davison Doctor Who. What? I did something called, yeah, you think, yeah, you think, you know, it wasn't Charlie, was it? It was pre Charlie. I played someone called Peril Bellamy. And uh, she was a sort of naughty schoolgirl, mm. and I seem to remember there was quite a lot of. Uh, I have a very bad memory, so you have to forgive me. People will be shouting at their uh, the speakers, but um, seem to remember there was some falling off snowy rooftops. But the thing that was amazing for me was I did it with my best mate from university. We both just happened to get the job at the same time, and I genuinely remember after the first day of recording, going back to her flat and both of us bouncing on the bed like a couple of schoolgirls, going. Oh, paid for this as well <laughs> it was the most brilliant day and um and it was one of my sort of first professional gigs really apart mm. from doing terrible you know sort of plays above pubs in like you know sort of theaters above pubs where mm. you were competing with the boxing and things like that downstairs and uh, so um yeah but the first McGann when they phoned me about the McGann's I uh, Jason Hay Gallery uh, called me and said months later like months later, I, th- I didn't hear anything from them. I thought, oh, well, that was nice, but that's nothing's going to transpire from that. Mm. And um, and he phoned and went, we're looking for a new companion for Paul McGann. And I was, as no, I've made no secret about the fact that I was obsessed with Withnail and I. My cats were called Withnail and I. <laughs> and, uh, and so it really was. It was like being told, you know, do you want to... Do you want to be a Bond girl or something? It was, I, I do remember sort of going, yes, please, yes, please, that'd be amazing. Uh, and so, yeah, I was 
properly trying not to be a fangirl the first day. Mm. You know, I was just sort of every time, every time he said anything, it just sounded like a line from Withnell and I. I kept having to sort of bite my tongue not to go, why have you drunk their onions? Uh, and uh, sorry if you don't if you don't know with oh, no, but you so you rocked up as a fan, not a Doctor Who fan, of, but a, not a Doctor Who fan. I'm afraid to say I grew up with Doctor Who, sure, um, but it was I was a Star Wars girl. I'm afraid Star Wars hit me at that right sort of seven yeah. year old age. So mm. Star Wars for me, but Doctor Who I was obviously aware of Tom Baker and the hat and the scarf, and you know mm. that was that was my era, um, and everyone knows Doctor Who. You can't be. British and not know Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't a Doctor Who fangirl, but I was a massive Paul McCann fangirl. So uh, yeah, I was just trying to be really professional and failing dismally. So you didn't pull that off. But did you do like a chemistry test or was your first meeting with him basically, all right, and go, your best friend? Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, no, there was no chemistry test. Yeah, no, it was, the, you are going to be his companion. We're casting you as his companion. And right. um, and I didn't really get that first week, I will admit, I didn't get the the sort of magnitude of the fact that there had been this sort of hinterland of no Doctor Who. And mm. then there was the Paul McGann movie. And then like, you know, so the idea that this was... Um, you know, a big deal in the sort of fan base of, you know, finally some new Doctor Who happening. I, I suppose I didn't really appreciate that until the 40th anniversary, um, like, convention special. And that was like, that was crazy. Mm. That was like, oh, this is a tiny window into what it must be like to be an A-list celebrity. <laughs> it was oh, quite bizarre. That's so cool. I just, I remember um, on the... Was it the night of the doctor where McGann says your name? Mm. I, mm. I, I almost wet myself. I just screamed because I mean, this whole time we're all sitting there going, look, big finish is great. All the eighth mm. doctor stuff is great. Charlie's great, but it's not really like part of the, it's not really, you know, yeah. and, then he, and then he said it. He can't, un, he can't unsay that. So. I got so many, my phone just went, ding, 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 ding. all these people were going, you're canon, you're canon now. And I was like, am I? Okay, that's great. That's really nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, and you know, um, Russell T. Davies sent me some very nice uh, messages saying, you know, we couldn't have had Rose if, if Charlie hadn't happened. Oh. And I said at the time, I was a bit like, yeah, so cast me. <laughs> well, he <laughs> might. Tell me that like, he might. Yeah, that ship has sailed. But yeah, uh, yeah no, but, but now looking back at my many, many years and my, you know, my sort of 20s, I was, I was quite young then. I was like, well, why won't you cast me then? But now I'm like, oh, that's really nice of him to say. Like, that's really good that Charlie was, you know, Rose happened because Charlie was that stepping stone to, um, that sort of a companion. And I like that. That's so cool. I mean, if you're yeah. sitting there, okay, so let's, let's flash back. You're recording your first, you know, kind of stint with McGann. You're trying to suppress the fact that you adore his work. Did, yeah. When, did you tell him, did yeah. you admit to him how you felt and did it ruin everything? Yeah. Yeah, no, I had to admit to him how I felt because I kept, like, because there are so many, th- it's just his intonation. Uh, I just kept going. And then I think there was, quite towards the end of the week, I think he did a line from uh, With Bell and I, and I finally went, ah, I've been desperately trying not to do that all week. And he's like, so he's he's a big fan of With Bell and I as well. He thinks it's a, a brilliant film. And mm. um, so he messes around with saying quite a lot of quotes from it as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I had to admit it. And obviously, no one really dislikes being told that they're adored, do they? 
I don't know any actor that is going to go like, you know, oh, well, that's really put you, put me off you. The fact that you think I'm amazing. So, you know, I don't think it, I don't think it hurt in, in our relationship that I was, uh, you know, slash in love with him. <laughs> Do you think that informed, you know, Charlie's kind of view of the doctor? Do you think that came through? Because she clearly, you, you, they have such an amazing rapport and I don't think you can fake that. Uh, or maybe you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know whether you can. Yeah, maybe you can. Um, uh, I, yeah, maybe. That's interesting. I, I don't, I sort of, maybe I informed that in Charlie. And then uh. you don't, that's the, it's, when you've been uh, playing a character for as long as you haven't, there are so many people that write for her. And I'm always amazed that so many different people write for her so well, you know, mm. that suddenly you don't get a story that go, well, this isn't Charlie. You know, everyone seems to know who she is. And uh, and from the very first uh, like word, I would say the whole of Storm Warning, I remember thinking, well, there's no acting required for me, is there? I read Alan's script and I was like, well, it's, it's written on the page. All mm. I have to do is say the words and she is there fully formed. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, you're right, maybe... The, uh, the maybe <laughs> me being such a fan girl and like you know so quietly in love with McGann made uh, made the fact that like yeah Charlie maybe someone else might have played it completely differently. Oh, we'll never know. For me, the nice thing about companions, the good companions, is that they they want to be there and they're deeply mm. deeply stoked and they're super grateful. And I think I don't yeah. think she ever lost that. And I mean, but were there points during her arc? where you felt like the shine was off the apple for not for you, for the character. I mean, did she get a little more, you know, the one where they're both holding hands and they're walking in the void for like, what is that? Scherzo? What is that called? Scherzo. 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 It's a, it's a musical term, isn't it? We should all know how to say it. And over like, you know, the 20 years I should know how to say it, but um, I always forget. Uh, Yeah. You see, I loved that one. That was amazing. I'm always grateful to Rob for that. And, uh, and he wrote it on his honeymoon, you know, That's, that's a little bit, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Feel a little bit guilty, like yeah, you're writing a love story about like Charlie and, uh, and the Doctor on your honeymoon when really you should pre- presumably should put the pen down and uh, enjoy your honeymoon. Yeah. But uh, you know that's that's a, a whole other kettle of fish. But um, uh, yeah, so it was it was his his thank you to us for um, Chimes of Midnight, which it's the, you know we should be thanking him for Chimes of Midnight, but. Um, yeah, that, I thought that was an amazing story. It, it, it did split the pack a bit, didn't it? People sort of found it a bit weird. And I wonder whether the whole morphing into one another thing just went a step too far for people. I don't know. But now, you know, now apparently the Doctor and, you know, companions are kissing all the time, aren't they? You know, it's like it was, it's, yeah. it was a big deal back then. But getting back to your original thing, I completely agree. I never understood why there were the slightly stroppy companions. It's like, well, go away then. Don't don't be there. If you don't want to be there, Job go, on. why are you hanging around? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On your way, if you don't want to do this, then no one's stopping you. You know, are you manacled to someone? I don't think you are. Are you trapped under something heavy? No. Um, so, yeah, I always loved the fact that Charlie was properly up for it in all its forms and whatever alien was thrown at her, sometimes quite literally, um, she was... She was determined to do it. And I love that about her. And I don't know whether it ever waned. I think the whole Divergent universe went a bit weird, but I don't think, I don't think her love of being there Mm. or the adventure ever waned. And I think that still carries on. Luckily, people aren't finding it annoying. 
you know, you sort, you sort of wonder, like, are people going to get like, oh, God's sake, Charlie, just, you know, be a bit pissed off once in a while. Sorry, am I allowed to say that? On yeah, the, yeah, we'll say whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, we live in an age, I remember Richard Curtis was, um, he, he was talking about people deriding his films and Love Actually and whatnot. And he was basically saying, look, he resented the idea that gritty, uh, that the realism was equated with grittiness and darkness. And he said, if you go to an airport and you watch people happy to see each other, that's far more realistic and statistically far more common. So how am I, f- I mean, I have my yeah. problem. I have, I have issues with Love Actually. I think Notting Hill is a word. Yeah, yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but there's yeah. something nice about just a, a companion, especially in the, in this era, who is relentlessly enthusiastic and optimistic. I mean, do you, you know, do you have that side of you that is just like up for an adventure at any point? Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I don't, I haven't had many adventures. I uh, like, you know, it's, uh, I think my life is fairly mundane, but um, I'm not a sort of glass half empty person. I don't like, you know, I don't really have a dark side. I suppose I am, sort of more optimistic than not I think so I suppose again I probably you don't know how much your um uh yeah how much I influence the um uh, the character and how much the character influences your portrayal of it so I think I am I'm an optimistic person and so I find it easy to uh, play optimism rather than yeah I thought as you say all this like at the moment every single thing on telly at the moment is like you know if you're having issues with this then please you know speak to us after the program and you're like oh because it's all about you know death and mental health and you're just like oh I quite like something a bit cheer I quite often say can we just watch something funny can I watch something funny please I just yeah. need to yeah so yeah, I th- I find I find relentless optimism fairly easy. <laughs> I can tell. I could really tell. But I mean, I'm not getting a kind of Scandi noir vibe from you. I mean, you do. No, have some... no, I don't do Scandi noir. No more sort of you know chubbly English rose like you know. Let's just have a pie type thing. I mean. If you want, I mean, it won't work via Zoom, but God, I would murder a pie right now. Because I, every time I talk to someone from Who, I mean, I talked to Sylvester last week and Colin before that, and I've talked to Sophie. Yeah. I'm just, I'm rattling through, and it's great. But everyone I talk to there seems to, like, here I'm in Australia, and they're like, oh God, I'd love to be there, but I just miss England and I miss the food and I miss the crappy Do weather. You? And yeah, I mean, yeah. it's got its issues. How but long God, were you here then? Oh, uh, you know, just for bits and bobs, like, um, yeah. you know, but. I just we, okay in Australia we were raised watching the ABC and the ABC is just yeah. the BBC so we would just yeah. watch British television it was just like Super Ted and Banana Man and it was you know <laughs> it was it was the goodies and it was and it was Doctor Who yeah. and so yeah I, I think what I what happened was when when I got taken over there for the first time I just felt like I was home I mean yeah yeah interesting yeah yeah whereas you yeah. have the, you have the sunny disposition of a of a not British person. <laughs> You know I mean? Do British people not have a sunny disposition? Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm always amazed that people want to move to, uh, you know, England. You're like, why? <laughs> I've got friends that, yeah, from, from California and from New Zealand. And you think, and what drew you to this tiny, insular, rainy, uh, and it's getting more, 
you know, xenophobic island. Like, you know, why, why do you want to do that? Yeah, it's so Australia. Australia was the one place I traveled. Right. I did, um, I did a tour round on my own oh. on the back of a Doctor Who convention, actually, because I got, I got taken out there for a Doctor Who convention. And I thought, I'm never going to have the money to go to Australia again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I drove the Great Ocean Road on my own. Oh, the outback. That's great. We're right near there. It's beautiful. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. absolutely stunning. And mm. it was the only place I remember sitting. Is it what's the uh, like on the the bay look overlooking Sydney uh, like opera house? Is it Governor Macquarie's seat? Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Macquarie seat. And I remember sitting there. It was the like the day before I was traveling back. And it's the only time I've ever been somewhere. And I thought, why am I going home? Uh, why what 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 is there to send me home and it was just the fact that i was the other side of the world from all my family otherwise it's the i thought i love it here this is amazing and when was this i get why people emigrate to oh well when was this this was early who so 19 no well, two, early 2000s so, so i was in my 20s you've been doing yeah. doctor who for a while don't mm. pull that face <laughs> <laughs> But do, I know, not, it makes me feel very odd. It was when I was interviewed the other day for Doctor Who magazine and, uh, and you could tell I'd been doing Doctor Who longer than the person interviewing me was alive. Oh, it was no. like, oh. Yeah, he said, because he started by saying, um, so you've been doing, I hope you don't mind me saying, you've been doing it for 20 years. And I was like, no, I, I don't mind you saying that's how long I've been doing it. And I thought, oh God, you're 20, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, basically you're saying, I hope you don't mind me saying you're really old. You've been doing this all my life. There are but, people, yeah. yeah, there are people... I hate for the age because I'm like, I'm 38. I'm like 40 in two years. And even people, oh. people, are, no, I know. I know that's young. I know. Go away. I know. I'm but the moustache acts yeah. like 50 years. And then the. You yeah, know. you know, you're right. Yeah. The tash does like, yeah, give you a certain gravitas. I look like a private detective from Hawaii. That's the look. I'm yeah, there is. Well, the shirt is also helping that, that like that Hawaiian PI look. I like it though. It's excellent. Now, as far as. I, by the way, when I said you've been doing it for a, a while, what I actually meant mm. to say was you've been around whilst multiple kind of evolutions of the show on TV have happened. Yeah. Is there a kind of like morbid curiosity? Do you watch with judgment and go, oh, you, you don't really get to kind of sink into character as much as we do at Big Finish? Or are you just, are you, are you a fan now? I'm not, I'm afraid. I'm terribly sorry. I don't, wa- I don't watch it. Um, That's fine. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really sorry, people. I, I, I have early, from very early on, I, I admitted to like, you know, conventions and things like that. Mm. I'm not a fan. And you can see people go, I like you a little bit less now. But uh, like, you know, I, I hope my honesty. Uh, like you know but um so I suppose it's just sort of always gone on in the background and I've always just been waiting for Charlie to be killed off and to be fair she has been killed off several times um but the joy of uh, space travel is that then they can go oh no you're now with a different doctor or oh no we're doing these like you know the ones that we've just recorded some with McGann that I think fit in earlier than you know it's like so the joy of it's a it's a loop isn't it you can you can carry on forever and ever with space travel because you just go oh well yeah no we've just traveled back to this and that and then of course um you've got the charlie spin-off series never thought that would happen that's it that's extraordinary and so I'm, cool. I'm amazed that um people like it because it's sort of 
it's sort of Charlie being the doctor and I get my own little companion who is just the gorgeous James Joyce who I love and great name as well I mean who you know how can you not love someone called James Joyce do you have an action figure yet is there one is there an action figure in the world no <laughs> no god can you imagine no <laughs> slightly frumpy <laughs> frumpy action figure but that's what I love about people that do all these sort of, you know, the fan art and things like that. You go, oh, is that what you imagine I look? Because, of course, for me, Charlie looks like me because that's what I... But then, obviously, for other people who only listen to it, they have a completely different view of what Charlie looks like. And it's like, oh, wow, she looks really sort of, you know, slim and action. And, like, that's amazing. Really? Because I just think of myself as, like, yeah, middle-aged. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's bullshit. You look exactly like her. And you act exactly like her. And it's, <laughs> it's really refreshing because occasionally you talk to an actor who plays a character and I'm like, you're not. But I feel like, yeah. you know, you you do, you look like Charlie to me, you know? <laughs> well, I suppose there is an element of the fact that, like, they, the, 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 uh, you know, artwork on the cover and things like that, they do, they do use my face. But it's always on a much better body. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> no, they have oh, it's not my body. They've been t- I mean, there were some, they're hilarious. Whereas um, I think it was when... Uh, I can't remember who did the artwork, but it was definitely my face uh, superimposed onto a male because they could only find, it was really early on, and the only steward's sort of outfit they could find was uh, on a boy. So it was me on a boy's body. <laughs> <laughs> it was my face sort of morphed onto a boy's body. It was like sort of bad, like, yeah, That's sort of revenge shop. porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you went in a very different direction there. Um, yeah, sorry. No, no, as far as revenge goes, I mean, Transplanting your head onto the boy of I mean, if, if body should, of a boy. Mm. Yeah, that should be a whole whole story arc, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I exactly. don't know what I'd do if I was dumped onto the body of a boy. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't know where to start. There was definitely a hint of an Adam's apple. I was like, "There's an Adam's apple on that." Should I do want to take that out? No, it's like, alluring. That's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Charlie obviously has a very pronounced Adam's apple. Yeah, yeah it's canon. <laughs> it's canon. I mean, one of the things that people say about big finish it has the feel of prestige tv now it's got the kind of you know it does have a kind of like it sounds extraordinarily expensive and it does stuff yeah the show wishes it could do i mean i i kind of like that you're not a fan of the of the show what, by the way, when you say not a fan you what you mean is it's not like you hate the show you're just not actively no no no, no. Right? yeah 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 god no i don't hate it in any way shape or form i think you know it's i just don't watch it you know i just like you know and uh yeah, I mean, it's that bit. But I'm with you on um, Big Finish. Oh. I remember really early on, their their whole soundscape and the whole, you know, the idea that they would talk to me about, oh, Charlie's theme. And I'd be like, I have a theme? Like, That's amazing. Every time she comes on, there's a musical theme that happens. And, you know, and you think, and then you'd listen to, now I, people always used to laugh at me about this, a Radio 4 play. I once said a Radio 4 play and an American audience were just like, you've just said 4 play. It was like, yeah, sorry, Radio 4 play. And um, and it would be like, it was like they were doing it in their bedroom. Mm. I mean, it sort of sounded like, it was like, oh, wow. Okay, and this is one of our prestige radio uh, channels yeah. and it just sounds dead. Whereas Big Finish, right from the off, they created this whole soundscape and world that I think, as you say, sounds so impressive and immersive. And, mm. you know, every time I, I don't often listen to them because I, I find it very difficult to listen to anything that's 
not me in it, but um, I did chime to midnight the other, like, so I think it was during lockdown. I had to mm. do a, a text, a, th- a tweet-a-thon for it or tweet along with it. And uh, so we sat and listened to it again. And, I, and uh, Nigel, my husband, did as well. And he was like, this is amazing. Mm. <laughs> and it is, it's just, you know, they are totally immersive and, you know, they deserve all their success. I think they're, you know, they started off as fanboys, but they have taken it to a whole other level. Bananas. I mean, I started listening to these things a long time ago, and this is not this is not part of the interview. But about I think a year ago, I became friends with Nick Briggs, and we started talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I pitched a short trip at him, and they bought it, so it's been recorded like in two weeks. My first short trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's lovely. It's it's lovely, and also it's it's really weird because I was sitting there going, I, I wanted to write a Eighth Doctor and Charlie story, but they were yeah. like, we we could never, we could never get. Like it's just gonna you just just try and be more realistic. Go for someone else. So I, yeah. just wrote, I wrote like a different story. <laughs> now I'm talking. I'm what they're saying. I never get McGant. Is he stopping me getting work? <sighs> no, no. They said. Well, what they said was it's a short trip. You won't get the actors who play the characters you write to read them. So just you know, be a little bit less kind of specific. Oh, um, no, it's fine. You. If you do, just do a Charlie one. I'll I'll just do, do it. A Charlie one. So I'll help me it. God, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, purely Charlie one. We can have it so that the doctor's mute. Something could have happened to him really early on. He's taking a blow to the head. He's incapable, <laughs> incapable of speech for the entire thing. Nah. I'll happily record it for you. Here's what we do. We get the doctor and he's on Earth and he's undercover as an actor called Paul McGann getting a role in a film <laughs> with Phil and I, and you, Charlie, becomes enamoured with that. No, Charlie would hate the film because it's so yeah. crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Charlie wouldn't like it. No, 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 stuff and nonsense. Charlie wouldn't like it. Yeah, and that's not her sense of humour at all. No. No, no, no. She's, much, she's much more of a good girl than I am. Yeah. 100%. But, like, the idea yeah. of having, oh, that'd be so cool. Just mash the universes together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I mean, look, is there anything else you want to kind of that you've got coming up that you want to talk about? Uh, are there any other like big finish things coming up that you're really excited about? No, I haven't got any big. I don't know about any big. They never tell me about yeah. any big finish things coming up. Nick always says like, oh, yeah, I've got uh, Charlie spinoff series three. I, I need to write that. I need to write that. And I'm just like, you know, I always just go when it happens. That's lovely. Don't worry. Uh, but no. And uh, sadly, no, COVID has like, yeah, COVID has meant that my workload is fairly abysmal yeah. at the moment so um yeah, yeah. let's let's just brush over oh yeah I'll bleep. <laughs> there's, no, there's I'll... no big there's no big hollywood movie coming up there's ah, no I'll, big you know it's i'll like... bleep all that i'll just have three minutes yeah, of... exactly yeah 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 it's just fish fingers and uh like you know chips for my eight-year-old and four-year-old that's basically my future yeah <laughs> how, do you, how do you get uh, just parenthetically how do you get kids to eat i mean do you go highfalutin do you try and introduce them to stuff or are you look so tired right now <laughs> oh eating eating and my boys is like actually my second one is uh kit is much better but my oh, my eldest is yeah can't get him to sit his bottom on a seat for the entirety of a meal and um his favorite phrase at the moment he's about to turn eight is i've gone off that so things that he used to eat I've gone off that now. So you'd write, right. So it's just his pool of food is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's mm. like basically just, yeah. So don't, I am not the person to ask about how you get children to eat. I'm sure there are these books that have like, you know, three-year-olds eating, you know, guacamole and, uh, and like, you know, chili and things. And you're just like. It's Photoshop. How do you manage that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all Photoshop. It's all Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. 
It's not real. Kids don't. No, <laughs> the thing. No, no, I don't. But the thing is, kids don't actually have nieces and nephews. But kids don't actually eat. Yeah. That's that's the terrible no. truth. No. Yeah. That's... And they love the power. I realized I've I've created a terrible mistake with my eldest he knows that and my sister always says it's because me and my husband are such foodies that he mm. knows it's the one thing that will really wind us up that he's like you know nope don't want to eat that nope don't want to eat how, like, do you, no. how do you how do you how do you fix that because i've got friends who ate like two things when they were kids and that's mm. all they ate yeah 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 really mate thank you so much for chatting with oh, me oh no it's been lovely thank you it's been really nice well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with India Fisher. Don't forget you can head across to bigfinish.com and check out her incredible adventures with the Eighth Doctor. And she's got a lot of stuff in the pipeline, so make sure you keep your eyes peeled. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Doctor Is In. I'm Paul, you're you. Have a fantastic week, and I promise I will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.